Blog Talk Radio. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, one, two, one, two, Everybody goes right to Professor X of the crew. My man, kid, kid, what up, though? 
Hey, what's good, man? I'm just uh, actually sitting outside, man, doing the show, man. I decided to come out here for some some fresh air, man. I don't know how long I'm going to be out here, man. Huh? In the heat? Man, I, I grew up in Mississippi, man. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> the heat, the, you know, hey, you know what point the heat don't bother me, man. You know, so yeah, man. But I, you know, like I said, man, I don't know how long I'm actually stay out here because you know of this this chinka chinkagunya disease. Have you guys heard of that? No. no. Yeah, man. It's it's this, this this mosquitoes are running around carrying this flu-like disease where there is no cure for it, right? And, and the thing about it is that when they bite you, the symptoms don't show up until two or three weeks later. But yeah, that, that, of course it came from from overseas. Uh, I think Haiti or somewhere, but yeah, man, the shit, uh, you know, then came over here and shit. A couple of people have died from it already. The chinkagunya disease or something like that. Shit's real. We man. need to, we need to get you. Need to get your ass in the house then. <laughs> exactly. You know, you, you know, you're right. You're right, man. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, light skinned brothers. <laughs> yeah, man. You need to get your ass in that damn house. Yeah, you right need now. to get your ass in the house real, for real. Yeah, oh man, the phone number to call is six four six. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say. I mean, if you if you want to sit outside in the heat, I mean, because it's still people don't understand. We are, all of us are here in Atlanta. I mean, it's still hot right now outside. It's. I'm looking yeah. at my phone. And it says it's 88 degrees, and the sun is yeah. down. I mean, like it's literally it's dusk. You know, so the sun is going down. You know, the, the, the night is about to be here, but it's 88 degrees. I mean, it's humid. So, and I, I don't know how hot it was today, but it was pretty damn hot. Um, shout out to everybody yeah, who did. Ditches and stuff for, for a living. I, I mean, if you work outside, hey, God bless you. I couldn't do it. <clears throat> um, phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Oh, man, so much stuff to talk about, man. Um, you know what? Before we get started, man, let's give a shout-out to the uh, USA uh, national team, man, for the, for the World Cup, man. Hand clap of praise for the World Cup, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I watched that game today. <laughs> um, I was I was with it, man, and, and I'm not even a, I'm not even remotely close to being a soccer fan. I don't know much about soccer. I know you got to get the ball in the net. I know that much. Um, but man, shout out to the U.S. Team USA, man. They played their hearts out. You know, they ran up against a good Belgium team, and um, you know, they just got outmanned and outplayed, man. But a valiant effort. Um, I don't know how much uh, you guys know about soccer. I don't know much uh, much more to say about it other than great job. But um, anybody else want to chime in on that real quick before we get started? No, um, I can't uh, wait for soccer. I can't. I can't wait till it's done, man. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> like I, I'm just not a fan of soccer at all. I tried watching it plenty of times before in the past. I just don't care for it. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I don't care for soccer <laughs> at all. I, I mean, it, it is amazing me. I mean, you know what though? It's good that. The U.S., you know, because I remember growing up, soccer was not like the popular sport ever. You know what I'm no saying way. in the U.S. So you know, it's I mean, it's good that people in the U.S. are starting to really pick up with it and, and appreciate it now. But I mean, all this everybody caring about soccer is like, come on, get out of here. I don't know, but y'all don't care about soccer like that. Jesus Christ. But I mean, you know, whatever they put the effort in. I heard the goalie for uh, U.S. was balling, but oh, he was I mean, balling. You know, I, yeah, I mean, but other than that, man, I'm just glad. I can't wait for this World Cup to just be over with. Just please, just end. Oh, it's over. It's like it was winter go home, and we lost today, so it's over. 
I'm talking about the co- I'm talking about the coverage. Oh, you wanted me to walk up? Okay, okay. I, I, like, I, can't, I think I we got another week and a half. I think. Yeah, man. I'm missing sure. PTI. Ain't no PTI coming on or nothing. No, <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, come on, man. World World Cup in, please. Yeah, no doubt, uh, no doubt. What are you thinking? I'm with, yeah, I'm with B, man. I'm tired of it. It's it's old. You know, they they take it over my damn timeline. I'm getting tweets from Twitter about Fox yeah. like I care about it. I get constant <laughs> updates from the Bleacher Report about Fox. Yeah, yeah, same here. And then it's yes, all the people. Yeah, man, and and everybody on Twitter act like they care about damn soccer. I'm with yeah. you. Hell, motherfuckers don't care about any <laughs> Goodness gracious. You know, I'm like, man, let's just get it get it over with, man. Yeah, USA, man, whatever. Man, you know, I, I, I'm just tired of it. Now, I do want to say this. I did listen to a podcast um, from Stuff You Should Know, and they went through the history of soccer and all this, that, and the other. And uh, and that was kind of interesting to to hear and just listen to you know how the, the sport itself was formed, but it didn't make it any more interesting. And I'm not going to sit here and watch soccer. Let me tell you something. I had I had to actually coach my five year old kid in soccer, and you know what? That was that was enough for me. And you actually think I want to sit here and watch it? It was difficult enough watching five-year-old kids running around trying to kick the ball and kick it in the net, and they can't get in the, in the net. You think the last thing I want to do is to sit around and watch some grown men run around and do the same thing? I think not. I'll pass. <laughs> Ken, you sound like one hating-ass old man. Like you, like, you sound mad grumpy. Like, why, why, why are you so grumpy, Ken? Man, because, man, you know what? This, 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 this over-proliferation of soccer is, is just... It's 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 driving me insane because you can't. But but how's it over proliferation? How's it over proliferation when that's the biggest sport in the world? Maybe not here in America. I feel you there, but it is the biggest sport in the world, bro. And 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 we're now just being you know a little bit more competitive, and people are getting into it. So I I don't know, man. I I just I just feel like you sound like a grumpy old man. You don't like it to watch it, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, you know what, I, I don't watch it. And, and you know what, I'll say this. You're right, it is the biggest sport in the world, but this is America. And, you know, Americans don't care about soccer like that. That's just what it is. Now, this, so America's now, bigger than the world, though? You making it sound like we bigger than the world, Ken? Hey, hey, look, look. <laughs> hey, hey. Depending on who you, who you want to ask. But I tell you one thing, they, they don't want to bring their ass over here because you bring your ass over here and you start doing some crazy shit, we're going to blow your shit up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that I agree with all of it. I'm just saying that history shows that when you come over here and you mess with us, we prove that we may not be the biggest in the world, but we're going to take your ass out. And we're going to do it. You, you see what we did? We, we Obama sent some people over. We didn't even know we had uh, Osama his ass was dead. You know what I'm saying? And then we had crazy-ass Bush in office, and they came over here, and they knocked over those two towers, and Bush was like, okay, all right, I see what y'all want to do. You don't come over here knocking my shit over and think you're going to get away with it. And he went and got the ass. But all of that being said, I do want to say this. You're absolutely right, Ralph. Soccer is a big sport. They are trying to and will try to Americanize soccer because Atlanta has a soccer team. So I, I can see soccer taking off in the next few years 
Not because America cares about the sport of soccer, but because, just like you said, it's the biggest sport in the world, and there's a lot of money in soccer. You know America. We love money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and we're going to capitalize on whatever we can capitalize on. Uh, the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. All right, man. Let's jump to the NBA. Um, man, we had a uh, – uh, let me give you the backdrop story on this Jason Kidd. Excuse me. For those of you listening, uh, Jason Kidd yesterday was traded. Jason Kidd, the former head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, um, just completed his first season as head coach. Obviously, he led him to the playoffs, and they uh, got to the second round, got knocked out by the Heat. Um, Kidd was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. Here's what happened. Jason Kidd went to management for the Brooklyn Nets, and he says, hey, I want more, you know, more authority. I want more control. I want, you know, I basically want to be able to have some, you know, some say in player personnel, drafting players, things of that nature. Basically, kind of you know, railroading the GM, but he didn't want. He wanted. He wanted a position. He, he wanted more control over the GM, but he didn't want the GM's position. Basically, and the GM is Billy King. Uh, used to be a GM for uh, Philadelphia 76 as well. Um. So, Brooklyn Nets management told Jason Kidd, "Nah, bro, nah, play. We we not doing that. We, we you the coach. Stay the coach." So, Kidd. Makes a phone call to the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, if you're familiar with the the Milwaukee Bucks, just had new ownership purchase the team in May, this past May. One of the owners of the Bucks had a previous relationship with kids. I think they did some financial investment in some, something. I don't know, hedge funds or something. So they're close. They're tight. The next thing you know. The Bucks get a excuse me the the Nets get a phone call on Friday saying hey can we talk to you about possibly hiring Jason Kidd as our coach and all of this is being done and nothing is when the Bucks made the phone call they didn't even notify their current head coach Larry Drew and his staff who you know they've been there for a year and you know when they bought the team they basically told Larry Drew okay hey you know you guys were 15 and 67 or whatever. You'll have another year to kind of, you know, see what we can do. Because, you know, sometimes when you have new ownership, they want their own people in there. Well, Jason Kidd gets traded yesterday for two second-round draft picks all before Larry Drew is even notified. He had to find out through the media that he basically lost his job. And then they brought him into the office and said, hey, you're fine. That being said, FIFA, what do you think about Jason Kidd being traded to the Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, you know, one more thing to add to the, to the whole story, Kyle. Um, Kid also wanted a pay raise because of the two new head coaches that just got hired. He felt like he was underpaid, um, and Derek Fisher and right. also Steve Kerr. So, so that was something else that was that was big. You know, a, a big sticking point for Jason Kidd. But in terms of the whole transaction, first and foremost, I have to say that it was shady as fuck. Because here's the thing. Um, especially from the from the Milwaukee Bucks organization, you already had a head coach in place. It, as soon as you were intrigued with Jason Kidd, you should have let him go. Like you, you, you can't have somebody waiting in the wing like that. I think that's mad disrespectful 
at a professional level. It really at almost any level, but especially at a professional level, you know. And um, I, 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 at the end of the day, I don't think Jason Kidd. Look, I really question his hiring in the first place because okay. that Brooklyn team was a win-now team. I don't understand how you go get a rookie head coach, first of all. And then for Jason Kidd to feel after one year he should have a Doc Rivers role, I don't understand that either. I think he's just biting a little bit more than he can chew. I, you know, and, and again, I think that Jay King can get to that point, but you have to earn your stripes. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and and Doc Rivers, he earned his stripes. He had some bad teams. Boston was not good when he first got there. Orlando was not good when he first got there. He had to build those, and I, and I think that he's proven that he can handle this role. Stan Van Gundy is a proven NBA head coach. You know, um, Popovich, proven. All of these guys are proven. And I, I just don't think that Jay Kidd has put in his time um, to prove that he is even a decent NBA head coach. Yes, they had a miraculous turnaround, one of the best in NBA history, but what about sustaining a winning mentality? You know, sustaining that. What if he would have came in this year and he would have won 50 games? You know, then now he has more leverage. But, you know, on, on the terms of him getting more money, I understand that. But on the terms of him mm-hmm. getting more power, I think he was definitely overstepping his bounds. Now, I don't know what Milwaukee, outside of the personal relationship that the ownership has with Jay Kidd, that they thought or see in him as a head coach for that team. Mm-hmm. But who's to say that after this year he doesn't want more personnel, you know, a power authority? What are you going to do then? So I, I, I just think that it's very shady, very awkward. I don't think anything like this in the NBA. So, um, you know, let's be honest, man. Uh, Jay Kidd's not going to win more than 20 games next year. Just like Larry Drew wouldn't have. They, they're not ready. They're not poised. And, you know, I think as a, as, a, as a young coach, do you really want to be at the, at the base of a brand new rebuilding from, like, scratch? You know, like Brooklyn, I thought, was a pretty good opportunity because they were in mm-hmm. win now. And they had a, a, an owner that was going to spend all type of money. And, 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 and even for a little bit more, more gas that fire, Brooklyn lost $144 million last year. Number two, in terms of, exactly. There were 19 to lose money in the NBA last year. Number two was the Washington Wizards. They lost $13 million. And, yeah, again, Brooklyn lost $144 million. That just shows you that they're willing to spend. Kind of don't give a damn about money. So I thought that that was pretty, you know, a pretty good situation. So I don't know what the hell JK is doing. And, you know, good luck. Because, again, I don't think he's going to win more than 20 games. No doubt, man. No doubt. I had no idea that they lost that much money, man. Um, B, what's your take on it, man? What, what do you think about kids being traded? Uh, yeah, like people say, man, I thought, I thought that whole deal was, like, shady and dirty as hell, man. Like... <laughs> And yeah, like, like, yeah, like people say, I was going to say this too, like, like, J. King, you up for asking for, you asking off all this stuff, like, you didn't won two NBA championships and been consistent in the playoffs for, you know, you know, in main culture for five years or whatever. Like, dude, you have, you got to, like people say, you got to earn your stripes, man. Doc Rivers, he had to come up and, you know, he got, he had hard times in Boston before he won that championship, you know, and, 
And that's why Doc Rivers can get the clout that he got at L.A. Clippers because he earned them. So, and it's like, Ken, you asking for those type of credentials, you out your damn mind. But, you know, hey, it's shady, it's dirty. I, I hate to see stuff like this happen in a professional professional level and we stand in our, with our own eyes, you know. Um, but, hey, J. Kidd, good luck with you in Milwaukee because uh, yeah, I don't think y'all ain't going to be winning anything. Y'all might have a, <laughs> right. y'all might, yeah, they, they might have maybe like a five-game improvement from this past season. That's about it. But other than that, I mean, no. In, in the weaker Eastern Conference, they still not going to have, a, you know, they still not going to be a contention for nothing for, for years to come. So, you know, I mean, wish the best luck of you, J.K. You stop asking too much, you can't chew off of, man. You, you, you're killing yourself. Stop it. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? What's your take on it, man? Um, you know, I, I think Jason Kidd, man, he, he needs to watch. Uh, he needs to quit playing around with these rushes, man. You know, <laughs> he hasn't heard anything from 24. If he hasn't seen it or training day, man, them rushes don't like to see you messing around with them and not being loyal, man. You better leave the rushes alone, dog. Especially after you lose $144 million and you gave this dude a chance when nobody else wanted to. You started out like crap in the beginning of the year, and then you managed to right. make a name so by going to the to the um, to the playoffs with a team that was absolutely terrible. You know, so now all of a sudden you're looking like you could actually have a career coaching, and then you go do something like this. You know, I'll say it again: coaching the Nets with the experience that was that was uh, on that team is a lot easier than going to coach the Milwaukee Bucks. Because you had guys that know how to win on all different levels, and that team was loaded. So, um, so yeah, Jason Kidd, man, um, uh, I, I don't know what he's what he was up to, but you know what? I'm gonna take that back, man. I, I think everybody's really missing this whole thing, man. You know, Kidd wants to coach Jabari Parker. I'm just gonna put it out there. I don't think this had anything to do with this guy talking about he wanted more power. Yeah, the Nets were going to give it to him. Great, but I think. He orchestrated this whole thing to get over to, of all places, Milwaukee. Think about what we're saying here. We are saying the Milwaukee Bucks. Who in the hell would want to coach the Milwaukee Bucks? <laughs> right. Yeah, what's up? Um, but, you know, um, par- par- part of that power struggle with Jay Kidd, Jay Kidd wanted to trade Brooke Lopez for Larry Sanders. So it's maybe not just Jabari. Maybe he also wants to coach Larry as well. So, you know, I, I don't maybe. know. Maybe he just has an affinity with him. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. But, you know, I'm, I'm just saying that it, it, it's odd that all of this happened right after the Bucks drafted Jabari Parker with the number two pick. And then next thing you know, Jason Kidd is running around knocking on people's doors door, talking about, hey, man, let me holler at you. Come on, man. It doesn't <laughs> Other than the fact that Jabari Parker and I guess throwing Larry Sanders is over there, so in his mind maybe he's thinking, "Hey, you know what? With this system that I can bring in here, I can do, I can win some games." But you know, we'll see. And, and as far as Larry Drew, you know what, man? I hear what everybody is saying. Oh, they didn't give him a call and this, that, and the other. This. But look, let me tell you something. When when someone you're about to fire someone. You don't give them an advance warning that you're about to fire them. <laughs> so they come in to wreck all this stuff. You wait until the end of the day, and then you call them in your office and say, we don't need your services anymore. That's all the bullshit. 
But that was it's dirty, though, about, kid. That was dirty. Yeah, and, and it's not about letting Larry Drew know that we're going to fire you. It's, hey, we're interested in Jay Kidd. Let Larry Drew grow. You see what I'm saying? Like, like it, it's not yeah. letting Larry know. It's just letting him go as soon as you know that you don't want him as your coach anymore. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Hey, exactly. You know, it's it's hey, just like I, with a girl. I, I, if you... Know, if you got your eye on a girl and you got your eye on another girl, hey, let your girl go. Let her go be with somebody else. I, I think the the problem I have with it all, man, is yeah. that where, where there's smoke, there's fire. If we can remember, look, think back during the season. Remember when Jason Kidd took this job, his head assistant was Lawrence Frank. Lawrence Frank coached him when he was uh, a New Jersey net when they went to the plate when they went to the finals back to back. I think in I can't remember two thousand something. Anyway, so Jason Kidd, you know, ends up sending him to the D-League because of insubordination. He also got into it with a couple of other assistant coaches. One was a Brian Scalabrini, former Celtic. Um, so where there's smoke, there's fire. What this tells me is that Jason Kidd is a diva. Jason Kidd doesn't want, I mean, he may want to be a coach. He may want to have certain control. But this dude, he has issues. And I don't really feel sorry for the Nets because I, I still think to this day, the Nets did my man Avery Johnson wrong two years ago when they fired him after he was 500 and they brought in P.J. Carlissimo. And I mean, like, it's just so much stuff going on. You bring in Joe Johnson, you bring in Paul Pierce, you bring in Kevin Garnett. You know, I, I saw right before we went on the air that Randy Livingston just signed with um, the Warriors. You know, so please, yes, yes, Sean Lewis. I'm sorry, I didn't, didn't mean to say Randy. Um, you know, so Paul Pierce isn't a guarantee. Paul Pierce may be a Clipper. You know, Garnett has already said he's coming back next year, but no, nah, man, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling Jason Kidd, man. I, I think that there's, there's a, there's an issue here, and I think the issue is Jason Kidd. I don't, and I feel sorry for Larry Drew. I think Larry Drew's a good coach, but that's not how you do business. You know, Milwaukee, but like people said, if, if. If you got your eye on Jason Kidd, the moment that they knew that they were going to at least make a play for him, at least make, you know, send out a draft pick for him, hey, man, call Larry Drew and say, hey, man, look, man, hey, this is what we're doing. Because think about it like this. There's only like two there's only like two or three vacancies left in the NBA right now. Larry Drew and his staff can't go get jobs right now. They're not worried about that. I mean, I know it's a business, but people, you know, coaching is a fraternity also. And Jason Kidd is he's, he's going a lot of dirt. Say he's only been in the business for a year. You know, be careful what you do, man. That's all I'm saying. Phone number to call in area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six again four six four seven eight zero three five six. You're locked in live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, Twelve Kyle, joined by my partners in crime. You know him from Dead End Hip Hop, my boys B. Depot 10. Hit us up, 646-478-0356. Um, next question I have for you, since, you know, uh, there's a vacancy there now, Depot, who do you think is going to coach the Nets? Um, okay, so all of the reports say it's going to be Lionel Holland. Holland. Okay. Um, Billy King took him out to dinner. Then he had a meeting with him the following morning. So, you know, just by that, I think that that's who's going to be the head coach there. But in my opinion, 
from a basketball standpoint, I think the best head coach for that position, for that for that team, is George Carl. Uh, because George okay. Carl, oh, proven okay. system, uh, proven system, you know, uh, one of the most winningest coaches in NBA history, um, very respected, you know, around the league. And, and, and the offensive system, you know, I, I don't think George Carl has ever really been, you know, a, a, a very big on defense. I, I think he's better than most coaches on that end of the floor. But we know offensively he can make everything mesh. It doesn't matter who you give him. He can make things mm-hmm. mesh. Um, and and that's, that's the biggest quality that I like from George Carl. Um, again, proven winner year after year after year. You can't really I, – I don't, I don't really think that he's had, you know, two, two years like back-to-back of losing seasons. You know, I, I, I just – I can't recall. You know, and, and I've been watching George Carl forever, you know, since the Seattle Supersonic days when, when he actually got him to the finals against the Bulls. And when he had Carmelo right. as a rookie – you know, and they made the playoffs every year. You know, so I love George Carl. Um, I like Lionel Hollins. I just, I don't like him in Brooklyn. You know, I, um, I, I feel like he needs to have more of a, a defensive-minded team, more of a grinded team, more like a Memphis. I, I, I just think that that's his play style. Um, you know, and, and I think that Brooklyn, for them to be successful, they're more of an offensive team. And I don't know if Lionel mm-hmm. Hollins can massage that that core to to really play um, together, you know. Because honestly, I don't think Lionel Hollins offensively is that much better than Jason Kidd as a coach, you know. So okay. with that being said, I would rather go with George Carl. But again, that's my personal opinion. They don't pay me millions, so I don't make those type of <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Who do you think should be the next coach uh, for the Brooklyn Nets? Um, I, I like I like Lionel um, Hollins, man, um, mainly because I just want to see the brothers coach again, um, <laughs> and, and to go through a, a team like like um, like people alluded to that's willing to spend money and invest. Um, that means that you got a guy that's willing to have your back, and if they were able to to tough things out with Jason Kidd, while he got off to a slow start, I think they'll be able to tough things out with Lionel Hollins. Um, we all know that he he, he got railroaded in, in Memphis, man, and right. um, and saw what he was able to do with with that team, um, and what you know how he was able to take them, you know, as far as as he took them, and um, but you know, so I, I'm interested and looking forward to to him coaching again. He deserves to be a coach in this league. He's proven he can win in this league, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and you know I I think. Him, his background, his pedigree—you know—he he'll be able to come in right away and and work with the team of established veterans because of it, you know. And I think mm-hmm. over time he earned the respect of the net, you know. And that's this just me speculating, but you know, I think they they Lionel Hollins won't have to earn that much from the net. So um, I I, I want to see him. As the head coach, if not the next, just as a coach, period, because he deserves it. And um, and you know, I'll be curious to see what he does when you know when he has uh, a team like that. That's that's you know that that's proven that they can win. So I'm kind of curious. So yeah, man, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Lionel Hollins get in there and and shake some some things up. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, BU? Who do you think should be the next uh, next head coach? Uh, 
shit, I guess. Yeah, I, I can't even think who's the head coaches that are, like, available. Like, who's, like, looking for jobs. I mean, yeah, the, the first guy, that, when I saw um, the, um, the Nets was looking at my man from, from, from Memphis, I was like, oh, yeah. I, I, when I saw his name, I'm like, oh, yeah, he got he got shaded on the Memphis. I thought he didn't get the deserved right. shot that he got in Memphis. So, I mean, when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, man, he's been a good coach. Um, I don't people that uh, George Carl is a, is a good pick too, but I don't know if he is, does he still want to coach? I don't know if he's still coaching or not. Yeah, or if he yeah, wants no, to he coach, said he was interested. I think, I yeah, think he he wants he's to. interested in the Brooklyn job. Like he's interested in that particular. Oh, job. oh, okay, yeah. With that shit, that'd be a good pick too with him. But yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, like I said, I don't even know like the coaches that were available until I saw his name from uh, Memphis popped up. The former Memphis coach Hollins, and I was like, oh shit, there you go right there. I'm like, they need to, they need to pick him up quick. I mean, even though I know he's not going to come back, but I wouldn't mind seeing Avery get another shot at the head coaching job. I thought he got did dirty, at, at, you know, at the Nets as well, too. So, But I know he ain't gonna come, He probably wouldn't come back to them. I think he would probably go to a different organization. But, yeah, I guess the dude from, uh, what's his name, uh, Holland from uh, Memphis, mm-hmm. former Memphis coach, yeah, I, I like to see him get um, get that job. Oh, yeah, definitely. I I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Lionel Holland. Um, if he doesn't get it or turns it down, I wouldn't mind seeing Jeff Van Gundy back on the sideline. I like, I like Jeff Van Gundy. I think he's a good coach. Um, you know, it, it, it like like people said, the only the only thing about it is Brooklyn is in a win now mode. You know, they they, they made the trade for um, I mean, free agent signing for Joe Johnson. So you know, it's it, it's now or never. I don't think they really have time to rebuild per se. But um, if they can get it done, man, I wouldn't mind seeing Holland or uh, or Jeff Van Gundy um, on the sidelines. Um, now, conversely, what about the Lakers? The Lakers still have a coaching vacancy. Um, and we don't have, you know, we, we know that, you know, they're obviously entertaining free agents and things of that nature. Um, Ken, who would you like to see coaching the Lakers? Man, I have no idea. Um uh, it, it, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know who's out there. I'm like, B, man, I don't, I don't really follow coaches like that. I have to, to uh, kind of defer to, to FIFO here, man, because the Lakers, man, they are so um, in, a, in a state of flux right now that, you know, it's, it's hard to figure out, you know, what what type of offensive personnel they – what type of uh, team personnel they will have, you know, players, you know, regards to the players. You know, who's going to stay, who's going to go, you know, Kobe will be Kobe, but who are you going to surround them with? You know, they just lost mm-hmm. Jody Meek. I'm saying that that's a, that's a big loss, but, you know, he, he you know he played last year on that team, so that's another position that they have to go out and, and fill, and, and we don't know exactly who, you know, if they can find somebody that can come in and, and play for them. So, um, like, it's the Lakers who will want to go there, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the the people that's available, the choices that's available may not be uh be, you know, be be enough to, to help build a nice, good contending team. Um but yeah man, I, I just in regards to coaches, I, I don't know. Um maybe uh Brian Shaw maybe if he's available. I know he's been shitted on a couple of times, um yeah, he's, you know, in, he's in Denver, but I don't, and I don't know what it would take to get him out of his contract in Denver. Oh, okay. Shit. I know he's been tossed around a lot. Um, mm-hmm. 
and I know he wanted that job, if, if I remember saying that correctly. But yeah, he did. That that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. Okay. What about you, B? Uh, who, who do you think should be the Lakers' next head coach? Um, why not uh, Mark Jackson? Yeah. Uh, you know that's that's another one. Mark Jackson. What about um? Oh, what about um? What's the dude? He's the coach of Clippers, I think. Um, uh, Benny Del Negro. Benny Del Negro. Um, Negro. Hell no. Negro, man. I'm just thinking of like, I can't think of, I don't know what coaches that's like available, man. I, I don't know. I mean, Mark um, Jackson? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Capito, who's, what's the coaches that's available? I don't know the coaches that's available. So the leading um, candidate, huh? So, so the leading the leading candidate for the Lakers' job right now is Byron Scott, and I actually think that he's the perfect fit there, mainly because he he he'll demand the respect of Kobe. Let let's be honest. Until Kobe retires, he runs the Lakers, and he has to right. be coached by somebody that Kobe respects. Vinny Del Negro, come on, man. Negro. Kobe goes, I, I was, I whatever. Was I was just naming coaches who are looking for a job. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I feel you. Uh, yeah, I feel you. But I'm just saying, I, mean, he, I, 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 I don't think that he's the right fit there. I think, you know, Mark Jackson can work. But I, I think Mark wants a team that maybe isn't necessarily the best or a championship contender right now, but a team that will be there within the next couple of years. The Lakers right. are not that. The Lakers are not going to make the playoffs for the next five years. <laughs> Because look, just just look at the people like like Ken just mentioned. Joe Unique just got a three year, nineteen million dollar deal with uh, the Pistons, right? I, I think it was the Pistons. Why? Oh, yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Because he's a shooter yeah. and he averaged fifteen a game. Dude, shooting is, a, is an expensive commodity. Yeah, he averaged Yo, fifteen point seven. If, if you didn't, if you didn't tell me that, I wouldn't have believed you. I did not know I that. Okay. Wow. Yeah,对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对对
outside of Byron Scott that makes sense for them? You know why I, I, I like Byron Scott because I, you know, I, I thought he got he got screwed over too. But uh, I, yeah. I like him when we to see another brother coach again. But I would like to see Byron Scott go to a situation where he can win. And and I'm totally with you. I, the Lakers are in trouble because that that roster they really have to rebuild around Randall. And um and and you know if Byron Scott come in there, his odds of winning with that team will be slim. And not saying that it, it's going to affect him coaching wise, but it could. You know if he, he has a losing record in, in L.A. So now all of a sudden he, he can't win. Like his his, his past and the things he did in um uh, in, in New Orleans, great. But but nah, man, I, I like Byron Scott just just to see him get a job. But I would like to see him go to a team that can win now. Put somebody else in that 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 you know cost you know eat up some losses. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Let's re- let's keep the comments coming, man. Um, shout out to my man, um, Funky Diabetic on. Twitter, he said, man, he said Patrick Ewing, man. Patrick Ewing. Did you see Patrick, Patrick Ewing, Ewing coaching him? Yeah, Pat Ewing. No, oh. man, look, again. Okay, <laughs> look. <laughs> like, you know what? <laughs> no, not, not right now. Two two years from now, will Kobe retire? Okay, I, I'll give you that. But right okay. now. And while Kobe Bryant is still on that roster, you better go get somebody that man respects or he's going to run them out of town as the Antonio. That is true. That is true. That is true. Phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. You're locked in live to the best damn show on the internet right now. You're locked in live to Dead End Sports. Matter of fact, before I forget, please, 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 go to YouTube. Dead End Sports has a YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel. Trust me when I tell you, you want to be one of the first ones to subscribe. we got some things coming down the pipe. I'm not going to talk about them right now, but subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, Dead End Sports is now featured on iTunes. So if you're on iTunes, you can listen to us at the least. Subscribe. Download us. And, um, you know, drop a, drop a word in there for us if you want to as well. Again, 646-478-0356. Um, next question I have for you guys. Uh, last week's NBA draft, man, what were your overall thoughts about it? Um, I'll start with you first, D. Uh, what, who do you think had a, a good draft last week? Oh, good draft. Um. I thought six six of surprises with that. Uh, I guess they did uh, pick um, old boy from uh, Kansas. Indeed, they listed. Yeah, they listed. Yeah, yeah. They 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 picked them up. So I was like, oh, okay. I thought. I mean, I thought Philly did a pretty decent job with their picks. I mean, you know, I would probably gave them like a you know a B. You know what I'm saying? Like a B B plus. Something like that. I thought they did decent. It wasn't nothing like, oh my god, they made the best pick of the other other three draft picks in the first round. But I thought they did a pretty fair job. I think. You know, I was telling people, I'm like, man, if, if MD be healthy and the Northern Noel be healthy, man, they, they set for a decade plus at the power forward and center position. I mean, they are set. So, you know, hey, I think, I mean, Sixers fans, they just got to be patient. 
you know, and no, this is a young group of guys, you know. I think they need to get, like, at least at, at some point in time within the next two, you know, year, two years, or three years, get them a crafty veteran. Get them a veteran or someone that's good in the locker room that can kind of keep that keep composure, keep these young guys composure, and, and help these young guys learn from them. I think I think Philadelphia will be dangerous in the years to come, man. All, all they need now, all they need now is some shooters. That's all they need now. Shooters. Mm-hmm. They, they got the athletes. They got the athletes. I was telling people they got the athletes to compete. They just need some shooters now. They can get someone to spread that floor. Man, Philadelphia going to be they're going to be a team that you don't want to see in the years to come. So yeah, I, I thought Philly did a, did a pretty decent job in the draft with their three picks. Okay. Okay. What about you, Ken? Who, who do you think uh, had a had a you know very, very good draft last weekend or last week? Uh, I, I I was liking Philly, and I, I still kind of kind of do like Philly just because they got a potential number one at a number three spot, you know, and 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 if he turns out to, to live up to number one potential, um, mm-hmm. look out. Yep, you know what I'm saying. Hey, so, hey man, or. I'll just say, yeah, hand yeah. handle as well, man. It's gonna be scary. Hell yeah! So, so I like that. Um, I actually like the player, the the Hawks pick. Um, I, I like Adrian Payne, man. From what I saw a little bit of him in the in the tourna- tournament, um, I like him. So I thought that that was a, a really good pick. So I like the pick. Um, let's see, who else we got? I, Boston, you know, I, I think Mark is smart depending on what happens with them. Could be a good win for them. Um, you know, we, we know he can score if he works on his game. He, he can be a, a, a really solid pickup for them at number six. You know, and I think he, he ended up falling just because of, um, you know, the incident that he got. In. And, 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 you know, his game kind of strokes a little bit, too. Um, the Utah Jazz, man, um, I like – what what they got because Epsom and um, who's the other starting point guard? And, and, and Trey Burke. Burke. Trey Burke. Trey yeah, Burke. man. Hey. Yeah, Burke. Hey, I, I, yeah, I, I think they could do some some damage, man. And then they got Rodney Hood later on in the draft. Um, so we, we're curious to see what happened with him. But look, man, I, I think the team that won in the in the you know in the in the draft is none other than the Miami Heat, man. They they got. Man, they, <laughs> Um, and, and they only gave up two second round picks who may or may not even make the team, right? So you're not losing anything right. there. But you got a right. player that LeBron wanted, that LeBron, we talking respect, you know, his game, his, 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 uh, his competitiveness. You know, he's a winner. He won a national championship. Yeah, Thomas took a back step, you know, uh, uh, this year, but Thomas won a national oh, championship. Done. Yeah, so so even though he he wasn't the same player, he know he knew how to win, and he had experience winning. So and he was able to come up with key games when they needed him. I don't know what happened to him this year. Who knows? But but that being said, you know, and they, he was a second round pick. But I like the fact that Miami listened to LeBron, and they went out and made the move to go get him, and they didn't really even cost him anything in return. Mm-hmm. They just and two picks that's not going to make the Miami Heat roster. Let's be real about it. Um, so I really like that because if LeBron is looking at you playing, we're talking about one of the smartest players in the league right now, and he's watching you play, and he's like, that guy right there, that point guard right there, 
is the best in the league and is the best in the draft at, at, at the spot that they got him, yeah, you, you go get him. You go get him. Because LeBron has somebody that he wants to play with and he's going to work with and he's going to groom and they're going to take him under his wing. Ray Allen already said he wants to play wherever LeBron goes next year anyway. And Ray Allen went to UConn, so Ray Allen's going to say, man, it was the perfect fit, man. I, I think they won, man. I think they, they, I, they had a great draft just by that pick alone and what it could do for the organization. That's just me. But I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? Who, who do you think had a good draft, man? You know, um, I, I have three teams that I think just yeah, nailed yeah. the draft. And, and and it's ironic because there's three teams in different states of, of their franchises. Uh, the first team, or actually, you know, I'm going I'm to start with number three. Number three, I thought it was the New York Knicks. Uh, they didn't have <laughs> any draft picks. They didn't have oh. any draft picks going into the draft. And I've been saying it for over two, three years now. Phil Jackson should have been the New York Knicks president, GM, the, the, the guy calling the shots. Because it's, it's almost like the twilight of his career, kind of like maybe if LeBron goes back to Cleveland. You know, winning a championship as, as the head guy in the front office. You know, um, I, I, I just think that that right there and the moves that he pulled off, he got himself called to Rome. He technically got himself a first-round pick of last year, Shane Larkin, um, got two second-round picks, and Wayne Ellington, also another shooter, got two second-round picks, which one of them became Clay Anthony early. That's yeah. really big on a roster that had no draft picks coming into the draft. So now you got you a starting point guard, a point guard of the future, and then two wing guys, one of them that can shoot, one of them that, you know, with time should be able to shoot, and one that can immediately play defense and guard multiple uh, positions and is a slasher. So so I, I thought Phil Jackson nailed it. Uh, the second team for me is the Charlotte Hornets, and mainly because okay, okay, they, okay. they arguably got the best uh, power forward in the draft. I think it's still Julius Randle, but obviously Noah Vonley right now has more tools in his arsenal. Right now, first day he has more tools. He, he's a little bit more expansive than Julius. Um, big hands, can shoot the ball, 6'11", and he's going to play from day one. And he complements Al Jefferson. You see what I'm saying? Um, and then they also went and got them P.J. Harrison. The guy that in his uh, D League debut, his first three or four games, scored 40 points, and he averaged 22 and a half in the D League. And this guy, I'm telling you, I've watched tape on him. I've seen him play. He has unlimited range, and it's effortless. He is going to, and he has size. He's six five, two twenty something. This guy's going mm-hmm. to come in and play right away. I really thought the Hornets got two guys that are going to come in and contribute right away. And, and and unlike the Knicks, they're in a situation where they're trying to build on their progress of last year, of making the playoffs. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So, so I really love what they did with their draft picks. And number one, I think I've been, I've been praising this GM for the last two years, and Ken and B can definitely attest to it, the Philadelphia 76ers. I see the vision. I love Sam Hankey. I think he is the best GM in the 
NBA right now in terms of building. You know, I give Sam Presti a, 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 a lot of kudos, but I also have to give uh, um, Sam Hankey definite kudos right now because, all right, first of all, like Ken alluded to, you got number one talent at the number three pick. And I think a lot of other GMs would have passed on and beat at that position. But to me, this draft was a top three and then a whole bunch of good to great players. And I like the fact that he didn't allow a top three guy to get away from him. He's like, hey, he's here. We're going to go get him. I don't care that we got nerves. We're going to make it work. And I, and I love right. that. Um, also, uh, by getting Dario Saric, drafting stash. You know, right now you already have a young team. You don't need him to come in and play. You know what? You're dominating EuroLeague. Go keep dominating EuroLeague. We'll holler at you in a couple years. In a couple then, years, yep. What, what, um, they got K.J. Daniels. I, I, I don't really know too much about him, so I'm not going to go into a big spiel about him. But obviously he was a second pick in the second round. But my spiel for Philly is Jeremiah Grant. This guy, he's an athletic four. You know, I don't think he has NBA size yet, obviously, okay. but he has NBA athleticism and he has NBA length, and he's going to come in, and I don't know if he's going to be a major contributor at first. I'll let you know after I see the summer league, but I like him. I like his intangibles. You don't have to run plays for him. I like guys like that, and when you're building a team, whether you have championship aspirations or you're building from scratch like Philly, you need guys like that. He's a glue guy. Coach, don't worry about it, man. I'm going to come out here. I'm going to guard multiple positions. I'm going to get these rebounds. I'm going to get these blocks. I'm going to do whatever we need. Don't worry about calling no plays for me. So I really love what Philly is doing. And, 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 and here's the, the main reason why I love what Philly is doing. Because they're going to be trapped next year with or without yeah. any plays. <laughs> they're going to have another high pick. So they're going to get another core pick next year and then I think like after next year that's when you're going to start seeing all of these players mold into who they're supposed to be and Philly is going to be scary because there's only two ways that you build you build through the draft or you build through free agency and and Philly's a medium-sized market they don't have a superstar that's going to attract other guys to come play so guess what we got to blow this up and we got to start from scratch and Sam Kinky has nailed it Two years in a row, the Drew Holiday trade, the the, the which became one of these first round picks, which became their um you know their second uh the, the number ten pick in this draft. So 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 Philly just nailed it, man. Um, I, I I can't I can't sing any more praise to Philly. And I know Q's gonna call, and he and and I, I remember last week he, he was talking about he wanted Wiggins. Guess what, bro? Oh, he was on hold right now. <laughs> oh, see, look at that. So, so I already know he's going to come in. And, and here's the thing. I, I, I would have loved Wiggins there because I thought he was the absolute best fit there. But guess what? You got the Twin Towers. And it's not your old school Twin Towers where we both got to be by the rim. Nerlens is going to be by the rim, but that boy Joel Embiid got an 18-20 footer, man, right now. Yep. So, 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 yep. so it'll work. And here's the reason why it'll work. Because already the foundation is laid with Brett Brown, which is a longtime assistant of Greg Popovich, which mm-hmm. that system, oh my, yo, Philly, I'm telling you. Are they need shooters, man? Are they need shooters, man? 
the, the Philly fans, they got to be patient, man. They just got to be patient. But and I'm man, gonna they gonna be too. scary. And and and, and I'm gonna tell you who might be a target for Philly. They might be looking into Ben McLemore. Remember, you heard FIFO say it here first. I ain't got no sources. <laughs> I am not Chris Carr. I am not nobody from ESPN. But I like the way Sam Hinkie thinks, and I think I'm in his brain too a little bit. And it wouldn't surprise me if they go get a Ben McLemore. McLemore is in, um, in Sacramento? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remember, they just oh, drafted oh, Nick Stauskas. Which they're doubling up. Right. I, I don't. I don't understand that. You know, I. I, I don't understand the Kings brass. Uh, you know, over the last you know decade or or so. But you know, doubling up two guys, rookie deals. They might want to you know make a move. So I. I, I really like Ben McLemore. He, he. He might be coming to Philly. People bringing it, bringing it, bringing it tonight, man. Phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Uh, we got my boy Q on the line. Let's not keep waiting. Q, talk to us. What's going on, homie? <laughs> hey, what Whoa. up, Q? Um, what up, what up? All right. So, my man, FIFO just went in. And uh, what? I got, I had two reactions to, to this. And well, I had the same face Joel Embiid had when he didn't know he was drafted. <laughs> When I first heard we were drafting him, I, I, I was just like, are, "Are you serious? Really? Really? Okay. All right. This is gonna be terrible." But I sat on it. I watched the film. I read every medical report. I watched all of the press conferences, and I'm sold. Um, Brett Brown has come out and he said that Nerlens' shot has has improved significantly. He said that. He drafted KJ McDaniels because he's a shutdown defender. You should watch some of his film. I watched all his film. Jeremy Grant is good in transition, and Michael Carter Williams led all rookies last year in rebounds and was top five in rebounds, I believe. So, and that's on defensive side, not on offensive glass. But I'm on board. Uh, this is a four-year plan. This is a yep. this is a, this, this yeah, is a three to four year plan, and um, let me tell you the genius of Sam Hinkie. He drafts Dario Saric, right? And I was shaky on that pick. Like, are you serious? You gonna draft this dude? We have James Young right there. Shout out to Boston, though. That's a great pickup. But um, Dario Saric doesn't have to be paid. The um, he doesn't have to be paid for those two years that he's in uh, Turkey, I believe. So when he comes over, he's gonna be what, like twenty one, twenty two years old getting the rookie minimum. So that's only like oh, that's only a that's chump change because we we we've saved up for these past three seasons and we're looking to get one guy and maybe one or two guys in free agency in a few years coming up from now. But Brett Brown has come out, he said that he comes from the same team that had David Robinson and Tim Duncan. And he looks to emulate that coming up. Okay. So Okay. With Erlens Noel, if you watch any of his film, he's more of the the outside guy. He could play the outside. Yeah. You've seen some of his film where he just like picks the point guard and then dunks. It's like it's it's ridiculous. So if you have him on the outside, and then then you have Embiid, and you can switch them both inside and out. Yeah. is set. Like dog, you're not. Yeah. Fuck Anthony Davis. You are not gonna get a ball in on us. Like like driving is not even an option coming up in a few years. Michael Carter-Williams is going to come back. He's still going to be productive. You have Jeremy Grant. That's my favorite pick, honestly, that we made. I think people will sleep on this kid, and I think he's a pretty good defender, and he has a nice mid-range game. So, 
for our draft, my initial reaction was this is just terrible. Everything is just going to no. But right now, <laughs> right now I'm on board, and I'm with Sam Hickey on this. I'm being patient. I'm chilling because yeah, think about this, son. Like, think about this. Brooklyn is not going to be doing nothing in, in a few years. Like, Brooklyn's cap is going to be strapped. Like, Joe Johnson is going to be old. Darren Williams is already on the fall off. He's already a shell of his former self. You got the Bucks, who don't have any type of plan. They're, they're, they're just trying to get some people. They got Jabari. Congratulations. Cleveland, we'll see what you do with this year. I don't know. Um, Miami, they're still going to be on top if LeBron stays. But why are we in the hurry to win when wait? Two, three years, most of these teams will have fallen off and just started the rebuilding process. So we're going to be seeing Philly in a lot of Eastern Conference Finals coming up if everything goes plain. Okay. Because Dario Sarge, he was traded for picks as well. The Magic, you just we robbed the Magic blind, basically, because there's going to be a draft coming up. I think next year we have a second-round pick that's going to be filled with big men. So I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to go worst-case scenario. Worst-case scenario, Joel Embiid is a bust. We're still going to be trash next year, and we still have a chance to get one of those five centers that are coming, like to Duke. I think, what's his name, Joel? Um, what's his name? Um, I forget the guy. Hey, I know he's going, talking about Jaleel You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, he's going to Jaleel Okafor. Yeah. Still got a chance to get, to get him. And – I'm on board with the plan. Just the fact that we could get Nerlens Noel and Joel Embiid on the inside. That's like when Hakeem got drafted in 84. I don't remember the center who yep. was there. Yeah, Sam Samson. Samson. Yeah, yeah Samson. him. That's yeah. basically it right there. I mean, if Nerlens can get his game right. But, yeah, I'm giving this draft an A-plus if everything goes accordingly. But I'm going to just give it an A-plus for us. But my worst draft, Chicago. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Really? Chicago. I was gonna, I'm sorry. I was gonna give I'm, Chicago an A for for drafting um McDermott. I am so all right. The Kings and the Bulls dropped the ball in my opinion. What the Kings have Nick Stauskas. Okay, cool. A shooter you don't really got that much defense. In my opinion, Gary Harris is gonna be so much better than Doug McDermott. Like Doug McDermott to me looks like Kyle Corver, like diet Kyle Corver. That's what he looks like. He didn't look that great to me. He's a good shooter, yeah, but it's like I don't see it. Looks like that kid from the Clippers. I'm, I'm going to tell you why I disagree because McDermott, for the most part of last year, McDermott led the nation in scoring. You put McDermott, I mean, he's a big guy. He's 6'8", six, 6'9", six, six, you know, so he's not small at all. But, you know, what the Bulls were missing last year and really for the last two years, obviously D. Rose, but, they, you know, they, the Bulls just struggled to, to put the ball in the basket. You know, I mean, guys like Todd Gibson and um, uh, uh, what's the other guy's name from Duke? Carlos Boozer. You know, they, they, I mean, they're, dudes, they're decent guys. I mean, they ended up getting rid of Ding. You know, but they they struggled putting the ball in the basket. Now, if they can get Carmelo, which is a possibility, and you add McDermott, then the Bulls, are t- they would be tough in a healthy D-Rose. All of that purpose with a healthy D-Rose. But do you think uh, do you think McDermott is is the right fit for that team, though? Like, like yes. He's the right fit? Yeah, I think so, because, you know why? Thibodeau preaches defense. So, you know, it, it, it's all about defense from day one. And I think he's got the size and the length that they need. I think mm-hmm. Harris might have been a little smaller, a little undersized. I think he's like I don't, and, and I don't know why he fell. I don't know why he fell. Cause I, he, he was supposed to go into, like, the top ten, if I'm not mistaken. 
Mm-hmm. Like Gary cool. Harris to me, I just I just think Gary Harris is gonna pan out much better. Uh, I mean, he has a he's a he's a dog on on defense for his size. He's a pesky defender. He constantly puts his hands up. And he constantly gonna make the shot harder for you. I didn't really see that much of that from McDermott. You know, I saw him, you know, get some transitions, but Gary Harris dude, to me, he's a two way player. This is but but yeah. see, but here th- th- this is the reason why McDermott or shall I say McBuckets is is the guy for mm-hmm. Chicago. Because Chicago, first and foremost, they they are an established team. Established teams can take players like McBuckets because they're going to come in and fill a void, just like Kawhi. Kawhi came in and he was a defensive. Vo- he filled the defensive void for the Spurs. What McBuckets is going to do? He's going to come in and fill an offensive void for the for the Bulls. They're already an established team. They don't need him to come out here and play hellacious one-on-one defense. They already have Joe Kim for that. They got Jimmy Butler for that. They got other guys for that. They got Taj for that. They don't need him for that. They need him to score. So he's quintessentially, you know, the opposite of Kawhi. You know, but essentially the same because he just fits a void. And he's going to fit in there perfectly. Whether, you know, they don't get Carmelo he may need to start some games or he comes off the bench. That's what they need. They and, he, and here's another thing too. McDermott has been coached hard for a very long time. You can see, you can watch a Bulls game and know that Thibodeau don't play no shit. He don't play no games <laughs> on that sideline. He don't play no games. No and you already yeah, know, know McDermott's gonna come out there and give what Thibodeau needs. He, he, like, like to me, McDermott being a four-year player, just like Shabazz Napier, they're going to come in, of course, they're going to have some rookie struggles, but they're not going to struggle like some of these 18- and 19-year-olds. They're older. They, they have more experience. You know what I'm saying? So, so he's going to come in. I'm not saying that he's going to be rookie of the year or anything like that. No, that's not what I'm saying. And I'm not even saying McDermott is going to be, if they make it to the finals, finals MVP. By no stretch of the imagination, but he's gonna come in and he's gonna fill a void and he's gonna have a roster spot. And he's and, and you know what? And t- Tony Snell better be stepping the fuck up because if not, McDonald's gonna get all his minutes. True. So, so no, nah, I, 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 look, I, I think he's the guy for Chicago. I don't think he's the guy, but he's the guy for Chicago. I see you from from that point. I just the first thing I just thought was. Oh, this is just Kyle Corver all over again, in my opinion. Like, I was just like, there's no point in this. I thought I thought Gary Harris, but I see the point. But here's the I, thing, I, I want to see where it comes uh, from. Another thing, offensively, when you watch McDermott, he he's the screener a lot. When do you ever see yeah. Kyle Corver set any screen? None. He's coming <laughs> off the screen. They're, they're completely different. And when have you ever seen Kyle Corver post anybody up? You know, I, uh-huh. I don't know how many guys McDermott can, you know, post up and really effectively score. But on a mismatch, oh, McDermott's going to get buckets down there. Kyle Corbett, he can go put, nigga, I'll go to Kyle Corbett. He's not going to put me in no damn post. So, <laughs> no, nah, man, look, look, look. McBuckets is the perfect fit for them. I feel that. I feel that my other worst draft, I thought, was, in my opinion, like Orlando, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Orlando does Orlando to me. They dropped the ball. I think that with Aaron Gordon, that's like Orlando Magic is officially the future Lakers of America Association, in my opinion. Like it's just like you no, know, that that kid right there. I don't think their offense is set 
for Aaron to do his thing like that. Because you got Oladipo, he's the guy. He's he's going to look to be the one who's going to be shooting. And you brought Alfred Payton, he's a defensive guy. And he can't shoot the ball that well. And you bring right. Aaron Gordon, I don't think he's set to, to do good there. Man. I think that was just Yo, a pick too. off pure potential. That's what I think it was. From you know what, pick? You, you must be Kennedy. You you really must be Kennedy. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming at you, bro. I'm, I'm coming at I you. Don't look. See the pick. I, don't, I don't see he, the point he, of Here's the thing. Him. I think that if they didn't have a second pick in that first round, if they didn't get Alfred Payton, I might agree with you. But here's the reason why I like Aaron Gordon. It's because of Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton, he's ready right now to play NBA perimeter defense. Yeah, he doesn't have a shot. But how many 18-, 19-year-olds coming into the league have shots? So we're, you can't. it's unfair to grade this guy against NBA veterans. He should develop a shot. Should. Again, we don't know. But that's what the draft is. The draft is potential. You're not drafting finished products. You're drafting what you think that you may need in a couple years or what these guys can be. And what I like, and, and, and you listened to last week, who did I say was a, was a steal in the draft? Alfred Payton. That's the reason why I like Orlando picking Aaron Gordon because Alfred Payton and Oladipo are going to get turnovers on that perimeter. And who's going to be running with that boy? It ain't going to be Vucevic. It's going to be Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon is a finisher. And Alfred Payton is a true point guard. He's not out there trying to get 20-25. He's out there trying to get 10 assists. And he looks and he's patient. That's the thing I like about his game. He plays hellacious defense, and he's patient in terms of setting his players up. He, he and, and this is a, a skill of a point guard that, that my coach, he taught me. And when I watch the NBA now, this is what separates a lot of point guards. You can't speed them up. Or at least the, the footage that I've seen in the games, that I only watched a couple of games. The games that I've seen him play, you can't speed him up. He's going to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. So I like that. And, and again, like you're not, I, I like the pick, man. I like the pick because you have to look at what they're trying to do. Aaron Gordon was the best at his position defensively. And, and I remember when we were talking NCAA tournament, I threw out stats about that, him being the, the number one defensive player at his position. Um, rebounding. You already got a guy that can go get, get you 20 rebounds. What kind of – how are you going to rebound when you got a guy that gets 20 rebounds? This guy's going to probably average a double-double. You see what I'm saying? You play defense. And if you can't score because offense is hard, getting offensive guys to come in young and, and contribute, that's hard. But coming in to play defense, that travels. Regardless of what sport you're talking about, defense travels. And if Orlando hangs their hat on the defensive end, of course they're not going to be vying for no, you know, uh, uh, playoff position or anything like that. But they're going to be tough. And think about it. The NBA, there's no easy games because sometimes the Miami Heat or whoever might have three back-to-back games and then Orlando done rested two days. And they're going to come out here and play that defense? Man, look, they're... Look, they're not going to compete for no playoff or championships right now, but I do like the moves. Of course, they need to make some other moves to massage that a little bit more, but I, I like what they've done. I think that they did their homework, and, and, and I think that they're going to be a, a, a tough team to play in Orlando. So, no so you think that you so you think that Dante Exum wouldn't have been a better pick for Orlando because due to Oladipo's turnover ratio last year, 
It was a little, you know, a little, uh, not shocking, but, you know, just rookie. I guess but he's not a point guard. I know, but if Dante Exum comes in and he plays the two, or he comes in and plays point guard, I think that that would have been much better for ball management to get Oladipo his shot. Rather well, here's than, the thing, too. Like, like, like Exum, Exum has only played, what, 20-some-odd games against elite-level competition for his age group, right? Like, Alfred Payne played NCAA basketball. He played against people older than him, you know what I'm saying, younger than him. So, so, so with that being said, and he's played in America against some of the, you know, some of the best competition that America oh. has to offer. Exum is kind of like a guy you really don't know about. Of course, it's potential. Look, and I'm not talking that about, I like Exum. I definitely like Exum, and I thought that's where Orlando would have taken. But, again, because they got Peyton, I like them getting Gordon. And, 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 and all of that with Oladipo having a lot of turnovers, Orlando was playing with a roster last year because they knew, look, man, we're not going to win nothing. We still got Aaron Aflalo. We still got Jameer Nelson on this squad. So, so, so they wanted to see how much – Mm-hmm. They wanted to see how much Oladipo can handle the point guard because this is not going to be your all-time position, but let's see what you can and can't do. Because because this year we're just trying shit out. Now they got them a point guard. I don't know if Alfred is going to be the point guard for forever for Orlando, but I definitely think that he's going to carve out a very nice niche for himself in the NBA. And with that being said, Oladipo doesn't have to handle the rock that much, you know what I'm saying, uh, this upcoming year. And also... Uh, because of his because of his experience last year, that should help him out this year. You see what I'm saying? So he shouldn't have the same amount of turnover. You know, so 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 he knows a little bit more what to expect, and then that'll also help Ephra Payton because when he's getting you know lost or you know whatever have you, Oladipo can you know lend a hey look man, this is what's gonna happen this then the third because now he has a year under his belt. So so Q, I, I, unfortunately you're Ken today, man. <laughs> I respect hey, it. I respect hey, it. We we gonna see what happens this season, man. Hey Q, you got anything else for tonight, man? Last word is that this could be the NB draft where Cleveland looks back and says, "God damn, we should have put this motherfucker in the front." Oh man, like I'm telling you, it it could happen. Like Wiggins, I I think that was the wrong guy to pick. I still would have picked Embiid if I was Cleveland, but this could very well be the draft where Cleveland and the Bucks look back and say, man, we messed up pretty bad. Because the bone he has in his foot is, I think it can heal very fast for his height. So it's not going to be a big, uh, big issue. Just know the Sixers are on the come up, man. We're going to keep uh, tanking to the victory. And uh, we're just going to keep getting our picks. So, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Well, as always, too, man, thanks for calling in, bro. We appreciate it. All right, man. Peace. Peace, Peace Q. Phone number Q called, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. Um, we got a question from my man James on uh, Twitter. Uh, he threw it out the UC phone. He said, where does Fournier uh, fit in Orlando? Oh, man. Um, you know, honestly, I, I don't know. I think he's still on his rookie deal, if I'm not mistaken. So, okay. Um, you know, he—he, he, I just think that he's one of those transition guys. You know, um, Orlando's in flux; they're rebuilding mode, and he's a young asset. You know, he—he's a movable asset. So, if, if he doesn't have a place, then you know you could move him. But at the same time, 
you know, it's just a double up at the shooting guard position because I think Oladipo in the NBA long term is a shooting guard. I don't think he's a point guard. That's why they drafted Alfred Payton. So I think whether he backs up um, Oladipo or he starts at the three, which I doubt because they have Tobias Harris, um, I, I think that he'll be a nice scoring punch off the bench for them. And again, you know, he's a movable asset if you want to go get, you know, another veteran guy or maybe you can bring somebody in that, that can really make a, a, a difference for you. So um, I, I like him there. You know, I don't know if he's a long-term fit, though. Okay, no doubt, no doubt. Um, one thing I wanted to throw out to you guys, and, and I, I saw some reports about it. It has not been official just yet. But here's what the Miami Heat are talking about as far as the big three. Dwayne Wade is looking at signing a four-year deal that will pay him $12 million a year. Chris Bosh would be signing a five-year deal that would pay him $11 million a year. LeBron James would sign a one- or two-year deal that would pay him $21 million a year. If he signs a two-year deal, he would have an option on the second year. That's what's been proposed according to published reports. Question I have, and I'll, I'll start first with you. Do you have a problem with LeBron signing such a short deal? I, I'm going to throw it at the B first. Do you have a problem with LeBron signing such a short deal? Uh, No, I don't have a problem with it because I – I guess he just. I guess he wants to see like what the front office, what Miami is going to do as far as putting the the proper pieces or the right pieces around them for the years to come. I guess. So I guess if you know, say if Pat Riley or the Miami front office, they don't really make that many moves or you know do anything intriguing in this off season. Right. You know, maybe. Right. You know, maybe it might have to take him this off season and maybe next off season for LeBron to be like, okay, yeah, let, let me sign another four years to this deal. Let me retire here in Miami. So maybe I think that it's just kind of like, let me let me test the waters. If y'all can give me a max deal for, for what, a one- or two-year deal. Because I don't think – I think LeBron never been the highest-paid player on his team before. So mm-hmm. he hasn't – yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, let me let me do this for two years. Let me get me some serious bread for two years. Let me see what Pat Riley in the front office is going to do to try to put some more – if they can't make a splash, a really a big splash this, this offseason, let me see what they can do this next offseason. And, and, you know, go from there. So I think him signing that one- to two-year deal, I think that was pretty smart. And instead of him signing a, you know, a five- or six-year deal or something like that because, we you know, like I said, that Miami roster is not looking too bright. <laughs> He's not looking younger. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to see. And I think that's good. That's a good. that was great that he opted out first and, you know, Dwayne Wade and Chris Fox did it first because now that put the pressure on Riley saying, hey, look, we right. opt out to see, to give you some, you know, flexibility to see what players you're going to bring on this squad. I mean, you know, I agree with Ken. That was smart for Miami to draft uh, Shabazz Napier, you know, to show like, hey, look, LeBron, we listening. We know you love this guy. Guess what? We draft. But that that was the first step in the right direction. And I think by LeBron opting out, I think it just gives, like I said, it gives Miami, it's like it's like almost like a chess move. Like, okay, uh, Miami organization, I, I opt out. Me and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh did too. Now, what y'all going to do? What y'all going to do with the options of players y'all going to bring on this squad to help us, you know, get back to this championship again? So, I thought it was right. smart for LeBron to do a, only a one- or two-year deal. I, I thought it wasn't a bad idea. Now, I, you know what, man? I, when I saw it, and, and now, keep in mind, now, nothing, for those of you listening, nothing is that's just on. This is just according to public report. Um, nobody signed anything just yet. This is just what's on the table. 
I don't know, man. I felt some kind of way about it, man, because, and, I, and I'll be the first minute, I mean, I'm not a Heat fan by any stretch of imagination. Um, I just feel like the best player should not be a hired gun because if he signs a one-year deal or a two-year deal with an option after this year, you know, he what he's basically saying is, look, I'm, I'm, I'll play this year. In a way, you know, if his knees get messed up again, I'm not, you know, I'm not going through this again. You know, like, it just, it seems to me like he's going to, and, 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 and when you're a free agent, I have no qualms with anybody leaving a team to go to another team. But you're the best player in the game. And I understand that there's salary cap restraints and things of that nature. I get that. But I just feel like, you know, I mean, after two years, if Wade and we already said we don't see Wade getting any better. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> we don't see Wade getting any better. Um, so you know, it just seems to me like you know he could. Let's say Wade signs a four-year deal, Bosh signs a five-year deal, and let's say after this year, LeBron feels like you know what, man, I'm I'm not sticking around for this. He'll, he'll leave him high and dry. I mean, what well, it would be high and dry. I mean, they're still going to make a lot of money, but you get what I'm saying. It's just for the guy who said. Not one, not two, not three, not four, you know, that whatever, all that stuff he said. It just seems to me like if you're serious about that, then I think you'd lock into that. That's just my take. I, don't, I, mean, I could be off base. If I am, let me know. I mean, just, you know, what, what, what's your take on it, Ken? Well, um, from a business perspective, I don't think it's a bad move. Because Wade is what thirty four. No, no, Wade. Wade's thirty two. Thirty two. Okay. Yeah. So in, in about two years, Wade to be thirty four. Look, obviously at that age, he's, he's going to be definitely on his way out. Wade may even retire. Who knows? I don't know. Unless he completely changes his game, um, and, and only because of just you know the the stress that he he placed on his body early in his career. Um, Bosch, you look at Bosch, and Bosch still has a lot of game left to him, you know, but unless they completely transform the offense to, to build around James and Bosch, you know, we, we don't know what, what he could give them, you know, two years from now. Um, but so so it, looking at it that way, I understand why he would do it because you have to keep your options open. Mm-hmm. I would be okay with it if two years from now he opts out and goes to Cleveland. Because at that point, uh, we know Irving has signed a, a Matt deal. He's there for five years. Um, right. And, and, you know, Wiggins is, is there. We don't know what he's going to turn out to be. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll know what he will be in, in two years. Um, so I, I think if he goes back to Cleveland and those pieces that are there growing into pretty good players and they could just pluck him in, you know, that would be a great uh, way to end your career in Cleveland winning a title uh, if they were to win one. Um, if he, if it's not Cleveland, I would have a bit of an issue with it. Um, because okay. I, I just think that with, with everything he's done, it would be great to see him finish his career in only one of those two places. And, and okay. at this point, you know, in, in two years and things are not, you know, say for instance, you go to the finals twice and, and, and you lose twice again. 
or you split again, or you don't even make the finals at all. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you say, well, forget this. I'm done. I'm going somewhere else. I'm going to pick up my ball and, and, and go home. You know, it, it can start to come across that way to us from guys that grew up in an age where we are used to seeing players, you know, play for their, their teams and win with their teams. You know, we're not right. used to this. And to see, the, for it to give off the impression that that's what he's doing, you know, for us, for us, I'm, I'm, I'm 38. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I, this is new. This is new to me. So while I understand that all of this stuff is, we're all learning to adjust to it and adapt to what the future of the NBA will be moving forward. Um, it, it it's going to take some time. Um, for me, but all that being said, man, I, you know, again, I think the guy has a right to do what he want to do. I think he has a right to keep his options open. I think he has a right to want to win and want to win now. And I think mm-hmm. he has the right as the best player of the league to put himself in the positions to do that. You know what I'm saying? Just, it would just feel yeah. a little funny depending on what happens two years from now on how okay. it all unfolds. Um, but, okay. you know, so, so you know that that's all. Without I, you know that that's kind of how I feel about it. You know I, I think he's just he's not putting all his eggs in one basket, man. And um, you know for him to want to come play there with Wade, and for him to base everything he does off Wade's help, you know after Wade made those sacrifices, I don't know. It's just a little it's just a little little uh, sticky to me. <laughs> it's a little right, icky. right, right. But you know. He can't. He can't afford you? to stay. Wait, on, one, one more quick point. The man cannot afford to stay in one, stay idle in one place that don't gives him a best chance to win. I do want to say that because right. okay, yeah, he he has to be in a position where he can win. Okay, no doubt, no doubt. Um, I you know I, you 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 touched on something there. You said you're 38. I'm 41. You know. Like you said, we we we're not from an era where guys just jump teams. I mean, you know, I mean, think about it. A few years ago, not that long ago, man, what was it? Maybe eight, nine, ten years ago, when the throwbacks were in and jerseys were in. Remember, everybody had a jersey with. I mean, can you imagine buying a, a, a Carmelo jersey? You got your Carmelo jersey, and you know now he's with. You know, I mean, Carmelo's been with like different teams, like a couple of different teams all over. You know, his career. So. I don't yeah. know, man. So, FIFA, what's your take on it, FIFA? Uh, if the Heat do it financially, as you know, some published reports are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I think LeBron's a trendsetter uh, first and foremost. And as a business, any great business always has flexibility. Um, you know, whether they want to acquire assets or get rid of assets, you know, it is what it is. You you need to be able to make the moves that you feel you need to make to get your end result. And and the other thing, too, um, you know, LeBron's betting the house. He's betting on himself, and I like that because a lot of players want a lot of these long-term contracts just in case if they get hurt or this, mm-hmm. that, and the third. And LeBron is like, well, shit, right. it don't matter. I just want to win, and I don't think I'm a – you know, I, he, I, I don't I don't ever – 
you know, I'm going to knock on wood. My bad is real wood. Uh, I don't think he's ever really going to get hurt, man. I just think that he's that much of a freak athlete. Like, like this is what he was built to do. God blessed him mm-hmm. with, with, with this, and I don't think that he's going to get hurt. And if he does get hurt, I think it's going to be something minor. I don't think, you know, unless somebody, like, runs into him or, you know, an unfortunate, you know, something like that. But Keith himself, nah, no no Sean Livingston. That, that, that's not going to happen to him. Uh, but, but here's the thing. Again, as a business, this is excellent. Again, alluding to what, what 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 Ken was saying, you know, two years from now, D Wade is going to be thirty four. If D Wade looks like a sell of himself at thirty two, what do you think he's going to look at thirty four? And at twelve million a year, to me, I think what D Wade is worth really maximum is ten million. I would give him eight or nine. But be respectful. Huh? Be respectful. You know what I'm respecting? You know what I'm respecting? I'm respecting what D Wade is right now. That's what I'm respecting. Finish your point. We'll come back to that. Finish your point. We'll come back to that. At the end of the day, this is a great move for LeBron. Um, And and you're you're 100% right. You know, LeBron's a trendsetter. And I think that I don't know how many other players will actually follow the mold. Because think about it. After LeBron's uh, rookie contract was up in Cleveland, he didn't sign the whole five-year, 90 some million dollar full max extension. He signed three years. He said, I wanted a three plus one. I, I, want, I want that player option at the end. And what he did, he opted out and he went to a winning situation. So that's all he's doing. I think it's going to be interesting seeing these next wave of superstars coming in, if that's what they're going to do, if their teams cannot win. You know, like like Kyrie, you know, it was interesting. He signed a full match. I guess he really likes Cleveland. He wants to be there. Okay, cool. Um, and, and, again, another thing that Ken alluded to was potentially LeBron going back to Cleveland. If Andrew Wiggins starts panning out, and they offer him contracts off of his rookie deal, then they cannot afford LeBron James. Right. You see, you can't afford three max contracts. So, uh, you know, I I, I, I don't know. So I, I think that, in a way, LeBron is kind of pigeonholing himself, too, because if Cleveland starts to get good and he wants to go back, they can't afford him at a max deal if LeBron still wants to get paid max money. So he may have to go to a team that may not be – as championship ready and offer him a max deal. He may have to take less in a couple years. So at the end of the day, he's betting on himself, and there's nobody else better to bet on than yourself. So I I, I mess with LeBron. That's a good point, people. Very good point. Uh, 646-478-0356. Right now we got a caller calling from right here in the ATL. Caller, you in the air. What's your name? Where you calling from? Uh, my name is Austin. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm from College Park. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Dead End Movement, whatever. And I think uh, appreciate LeBron, it, Austin. Thanks for calling in, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think LeBron should go to Cleveland right now. And I'm gonna tell you. First off, Kyrie, he's an All Star. Well, first off, the roster they have right now is better than any roster he ever had when he played in Cleveland, and he was still taking them to the number one seeds. And now he's at the prime of his powers. He wasn't even in his prime at that time. So now they have Kyrie, Wiggins, put LeBron in there. Virgil and Tristan Thompson, yeah, that's kind of, um, but, I mean, the Heat aren't going to really get any better to me at this point. In Cleveland, they have only, they can go up. If LeBron joins their team right now, they'll be competing in the East, maybe in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they're only going to get better with Wiggins. 
So I definitely okay, think. So let me let me stop you right there, Austin. So you think that if you put LeBron in, turn, turn your um turn your computer down. You get some feedback. Um, do you think that if 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 LeBron goes to Cleveland right now, that he could go further with Cleveland than he could with Miami, assuming that the big three come back? I mean, I I don't think they can beat any the big teams in the West right now. Miami. To me, after how I see them get destroyed in the finals, they can't be any of the powers in the West. So I, I think it's kind of irrelevant. So I think he can go to Cleveland. <laughs> even, even, even if they don't uh, pan out this year, like I feel like in the next two or three years, they'll be at their peak as, if LeBron joins them right now. And you know what, okay, um, uh, to, to add a, a caveat to, to what you're saying, I 100% agree with you. And, and here's another reason why I even agree with you more. I think that if, if LeBron goes to Cleveland right now, that's where Kevin Love ends up. Uh, Kevin Love has said he's been on the record. If LeBron goes to Cleveland, he will 100% re-sign in Cleveland. So instead of a victory, you would really have a big four. Because I, I think Wiggins is going to make an impact. Obviously, he's not going to dominate. But I, I think you're going to feel his impact. And we're having Tyree at the one, Wiggins at the two, LeBron at the three, and, and Love at the four. Um, I just mm. think schematically that works better than having LeBron and a broke-down D-Wade and Bosch. Um, just just as, as a player's fit, that's just a much better fit. Even if they don't get Kevin Love, Wiggins... Kyrie and LeBron fit better than Wade, Bosch, and LeBron. I agree. And and they got Jared Jack off the bench. They still got Deion Waiters, who is, I know he's his shooting percentage, but he gets buckets. You can send him off the bench. And then you got the LeBron effect where players want to play with him so you can get other good free agents to put around him. Okay, exactly. now, Ken, you said you Ken, you say you disagree with Austin. Go ahead, go ahead and chime in, Ken. Uh, I, I think that out of the West, they can't beat the Spurs. Um, but it, I, I think they'll be there. I think they could beat any other team in the finals in the West. I, I think people are overreacting to what happened with the Spurs and the, the way the Spurs beat them. But I don't think there's a lot of teams that would have beat the Spurs last year. Um, you know, anyway, OKC. or in the last previous championship. OKC. OKC, OKC didn't. OKC beat the Spurs the last eight times they played before Ibaka got hurt in the playoffs, though, okay? I'm talking about just last year. They didn't have Ibaka, man. They didn't have I him. feel you. I feel you. But, but, but when they did, but, but, it was a different series. I know, but what I, but what I was saying to him was that I, if, if Miami played OKC, they win the championship. I, I, I believe that. I, I just don't think if I just don't think that Miami could beat the Spurs last year with with the way they were running that team, that offense and everything, and the motivation that they had to beat Miami. Do you think Miami will be better this year than they were did last year? Did last year when they just lost? Do you think they'll be better this year? I, yep. I think it depends. I on do. The I think it depends on the pieces. Um, I mean, we can already see right now they've got an upgraded at point guard with uh, uh, Shabazz Napier. And, I mean, there's talk about um, signing uh, with kid Kyle Lowry from uh, Toronto. So Miami, I mean, Pat, you know, basically what it is is what they've laid out pretty much is 
they said, okay, financially, here's what it is. This is what we'll do. We'll do this, 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 and that. And now it's on you, Pat Riley. You called us out. You called, more importantly, called LeBron out. You know, okay, so can you make it happen? And, you know, it, it, it's the onus is now on Riley to make it happen. If he can surround, you know, him with better players, surround them with better players, you know, and, and let some of those other guys go, you know, we'll see. So yeah, with this new deal that, that they're looking at, at doing, man, with, with Wade and Bosch taking significant pay cuts, not based on, well, Wade is, is a different story. I think Bosch can command a lot more money than what he's taking, but I think he's taking that amount of money because he wants to stay in, in Miami and, two, because of his role on the team in Miami. So I think that that's why he's – and he wants to win, so he's going to take less money so he can get pieces surrounding them. And everybody knows that LeBron did everything, so he deserves more money than the rest, right? So I think that if if they do, you know, take the less take less money and give Pat Riley more cap space to work with, that they can definitely surround that team with, with better quality players than what they have had last year, and they could definitely come back a lot better than, than what they did, you know, than, than the way they played this year. You know, um, so, yeah, man, uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm curious to see what happens. But, yeah, I think they're going to be better than they were last year. I, I believe in Pat Riley, man. Okay. Um, but I also think you should go to Cleveland because I think they can just offer, like, Long term, like I think he can just retire. Like if he went to Cleveland right now, he can play his rest of his career there. Like they can, because Cleveland has proven that they'll pay him whatever. They'll they'll do whatever it takes. You know, even though he left, like Cleveland basically did tried to do whatever it could to appease LeBron. And if he goes right now, I know they just signed Kyrie to an extension, and I know. Some down the line, Andrew Wiggins, that's going to be kind of tricky to work that out. But at least for this three, four-year window, they will have a, a group of young, a young, talented team with a LeBron in his prime, all-stars, and they can all afford them right now. That's why I think you should go to Cleveland. Because I don't know think what, later think... down... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, you, you got it. Um, one thing though, it's like I agree with you, but you got to look at it from LeBron's standpoint too, right? Like I, I 100% agree with you. I, I think that the core in Cleveland is younger. LeBron could play into his twilight, and then those guys should develop to the point where LeBron don't have to be the number one guy no more. Kyrie or Wiggins should be able to take that over, and LeBron just adds to the team with with his versatility. But do you trust that front office? Do you trust that organization? Do you trust a rookie head coach from the Euro League? Like, do you trust all of these things? I don't know. Right. There's a question mark there. But you trust Miami. You trust Ultra. You trust. But I'm just saying, you trust Miami. Do you trust Cleveland? Do you trust Dan Gilbert? Do you trust Dan trust, Gilbert to I, give Wiggins the, 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 the money Gilbert that, that he like may cool. deserve? Exactly. So, 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 from LeBron's perspective, I think that there's pros and cons in both situations. But I just think from a player's perspective, we're not even talking front office. We're not talking moves. We're not talking bringing anybody else. We're talking about what they got right now. I think Cleveland offers the best team to give you long-term success because, like we just said, D-Wade's 32. Two years from now, he's going to be 34. So, who are you going to get to replace D-Wade? 
You know what I'm saying? Boss. What what if Boss never becomes the second guy? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we already know Kyrie is the guy. And he can play right. with LeBron. And even if Wiggins doesn't become the guy, athletically, name me somebody more athletic than him and LeBron. I'll wait. Man, you know what? I, you know, I, I know everybody wants this feel-good story of, of LeBron going back to Cleveland. You know what? I would like to see it too, right? I would like to see LeBron bring a championship to Cleveland. It would be great. But let's all remember Dan Gilbert. People, you right. Right. You are 100% right. Dan Gilbert was a scorn lover that felt like his yep. face cheated on him, and he yep. reacted. The city yep. of Cleveland reacted, and they reacted yep. harsh, harsh yep. them. And now, all of a sudden, what they're doing right now is they're trying to be absolutely quiet because they want, they don't want to bring it up. Have you guys ever had an argument with your girl and you know you were wrong, and she finally starts talking Hell back yeah. with you, going to make things right, yeah. but you don't want to yep. bring up what you did? Yep. To yep. remind her why she was mad at yep. you in the first place. Yep. This is all. Yeah, I agree, Jim. So, you know, so that's what that's what you got to deal with. People, you like, do you trust the Cleveland organization to do what they did not do for seven years, even when LeBron threatened to leave? I don't know. But did LeBron hey, uh, really threaten to leave them? I, I don't even remember. He gave him a shot. Start. Yeah. I don't know. You got anything LeBron else tonight, Austin? Um, I, I just disagree. Like, and and I know you know Dan Gilbert is you know shaky individual <laughs> at that. Yeah. But, uh, Very. But at the same time, I feel like it was like both wrong on both ends of the spectrum because I feel like LeBron kind of like I really like even though he was a free agent I really I don't think nobody really expected him to leave like I think that caught most people by surprise remember what you just remember what you just said Austin he was a free agent and I understand that that's that's what he was that's what he was he he had now like I said and I'll tell anybody, I don't think, I would not have gone on national TV and done the whole decision thing, but the decision yeah. to leave was the best decision for him. I mean, he wasn't going to win there. And, and, and let's, let's, you know, when I, when, I, when I hear people criticize LeBron, the only thing I tell them is stop for a second and let's just imagine these last four years if LeBron never went to Miami. If he stayed in yeah. Cleveland, we'd be about how great he is and the fact that he can't win a ring. Because the there's no yep. way he would have he gotten out of the East with that team, with those teams in Cleveland. No way whatsoever. Yep. I, I, just, I don't know, though. I don't know. No. They, they were no, no, no. no. Were Not when Antoine Jameson and Sideshow Bob and all of those other. No, they, they, they were number one seed teams, though. Then. That's my problem with this thing. If, if, but if look at the like East over the last four years. years. He, wouldn't, he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't even have beaten Boston. He, wouldn't have beat, he, he couldn't even beat Boston. I mean, like. No, that, that team wouldn't have gotten out of the East. And if they would have gotten out of the East, they would have gotten destroyed by the West. The last two years. They did. They did. When they, when, they, when, they, when they played San Antonio, they got destroyed. That's well. <laughs> oh, okay. They're going to be rubbing it back in. <laughs> hey, 
anything else for us? Nah, that's it. Man, keep doing what y'all hey, doing. Man. Thanks, Thanks, man. We're trying to hear it. Yeah. All right. See, phone number Austin called, area code 646-478-0356. We got phone lines still lighting up. Let's jump to area code 614-614. You're locked in live with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Hello? 614, you on? Yeah, this is James again, Australia. James, what's up, man? What's going on, James? What's up, James? How you guys doing? How you guys doing? Oh, we good. Good. We're good, man. Yeah, we good. James, what you got? James, you calling? You calling from Australia again? Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for calling in, man. Anytime, anytime. What you got, man? I just said. The, the World Cup soccer. So obviously, um, you guys are not soccer fans like I am. Um, I'm just gonna say, like, okay, this is a sports show, so I'm just gonna um, give my two cents. Uh, this has been by far like the most exciting World Cup. Like, this World Cup has been an equivalent of the playoffs this season. Like, the the goals have just been insane, and the teams you don't expect to do well. For example, the U.S. soccer team, um, like they've been really, you know, they've held up their own. Like the smaller countries have really held up their own, and it's that's good to see that the gap is closing on um, in such a big spot in the world. Uh, yeah. Secondly, was Jason Kidd. Uh, okay. I think I only have one thing. Like the best way to describe. What he wants right now is uh, he's got that animal, animal ambition. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is hilarious. <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting that one. I was not expecting that one. Oh. Like, dude, dude is on his first year as a head coach and he wants stuff like Doc Rivers had to like work his whole career to get, you know, um, Flip Saunders. Like, this is not first first year head coach and not getting what he was demanding for if he was demanding for it. So I just think like he was just a nasty breakup and doesn't he own like a stake in the net? He does, he does. Mm-hmm. And I think he's gonna have to So how does that so how, how does that work? Like is he still gonna own it while he's coaching or no, I, I think I think he has to. They have to pass it through the NBA Board of Governors, and he has he has a small stake. I, I think he owns less than the percentage that Jay Z owns. Um, so it, it'll probably translate to a couple hundred thousand. Although the team is valued now more than what they were when he bought it, so he's actually going to make profits. Um, yeah, he's going to make a couple million, honestly, to be honest. But um, but no, he'll have to sell his rights before. And that'll have to go through before he can actually coach in a game. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, so I just think, man, like, yeah, I don't think I don't think he's still quite sure what he wants. But um man, as Kim said, I think he just wanna coach uh, he just wants to coach Jabari. Like there's there's no other explanation to that. 
trying to tell him, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's about it. Hey, man, you know what, man? Th- thank you for calling in about soccer, man, because, you know, I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show, but this this damn World Cup is just wearing me out, man. Every time I look around, it's World Cup this, World Cup that. Look, face it, I don't watch it. I coached it, I, and I just, you know, but it was literally, it was kids running around. So I thank you for calling yeah. in to kind of explain from Australia, like, you know, just just you as a fan, why people are so enthused and caught up in this this World Cup phenomenon because I just I just don't I I didn't get it so I appreciate that man thank you so uh, yes. James uh, uh, yeah another reason another reason why guys are really getting <laughs> caught up in it is think about it this way uh, last year I mean last World Cup uh, I think there were 145 goals like in the whole tournament and this year you have I think they've already scored four more goals and we're yet to get to the quarterfinals so that's like eight more games left with like um and you've already scored one more goal than the entire tournament last time around. So like yeah, the excitement is really, really big, you know. But right. yeah. Best of report live all the way from Australia. Yeah, you got anything else for tonight, James? No man, that's oh. it. I'm i I'm gonna sleep. I haven't slept in like ages. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, and shout out to Jacob. James tweeted me. He said that he hadn't been asleep. He said he was staying up. He said he watched the, the soccer games, and he was staying up for the dead-end sports show. So it, it's actually it's the daytime over there in Australia. So you already started on Wednesday already, man. So we definitely appreciate the love, man. We appreciate yeah, yeah. I'm just – cheers, cheers. I'm just going to watch the 50 Cent um, re- um, review one more time. <laughs> Hey, thanks for calling in, James. We appreciate it, bro. All right, cheers, dog. All right, man. Man, <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> that 50 cent review, I, I think I've seen, I haven't seen every review that you guys have done. I've seen most of them. I'd say probably about 85% of them. That was the funniest one I've ever seen in my life. Really? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you know what was funny was because you started saying, B, you were saying something like, he was like, yeah, man, he said this and that. He's like, man, I should have just ripped him for it. Mike, look at you like, you already ripped him already. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I, man, I almost fell out my chair. I was laughing so hard, man. And I felt bad for Ralph, man. And people, man, people stuck to his gun on the 50 Cent Review. I'm glad they let people go first because <laughs> nobody else had anything positive to say. And I, and I specifically told myself, I said, you know what? I'm going to wait and see the review. If they get, if, if I can get at least two thumbs up, I'll listen to it. But if I couldn't get two thumbs up, I wasn't going to be even bothered trying to listen to it. But um, and that was funny. <laughs> oh, man. And that, that, was, that was one of the funniest ones. I, the funniest one that I can remember. You know, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think we had some. I think we had some funnier ones, but yeah, I watched. I had watched it again. I, I forgot Ken was making a noise. I was dying laughing when I was watching that review. Oh my gosh, when he made that every Ken, when James Ken, left, yeah, uh, he was Ken was killing. I was saying Ken was killing me when I was watching that when he kept making the when he kept making the animal noises. I was, I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was dead. Oh man. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, so funny. So that's what James, for those of you listening, James referenced the uh, <coughs> 50 Cent's Animal um, Animal Ambition. So if you if you haven't seen the Dead in Dead in Hip Hop review of that 50 Cent, it's up on the website deadinhiphop.com. Make sure you check it out. Um, damn, and I <coughs> he killed me with that. I lost where I was. Um, I, I, let's let's go to Manziel real quick, man. Um, Johnny Manziel, Money Manziel, as I call him, guys hanging out. Uh, he's not doing anything wrong, you know. He's hanging out on the weekend. Um, I think he was spotted on Monday. He was at a party at Justin Bieber's house. Uh, Floyd Mayweather was there. Tyrese was there, and um, you know, so the management for the Cleveland Browns that they want him to quote unquote own it down. Question I have for you guys is and I'll start with, I'll start with you first people. Should Manziel have to tone it down? And why? No. No. No, like what did he do? He went to a party and I took a selfie and now y'all like y'all yet, tripping. He hadn't done anything. He hadn't he hadn't been arrested or anything like that. Exactly. He hasn't been arrested. It's not his fault that he's that famous. It's not his fault he won the Heisman. Well, I guess it is his fault because he balled his ass off in college. Now, if everybody takes it to mass hysteria, that's not his problem, nor is it his fault. You see what I'm saying? So, I, I don't know, man. I think Cleveland has just mismanaged uh, the whole Johnny Manziel thing so far. I, you know, Cleveland, them, they can't, Cleveland can't even manage Cleveland. So, so I look, look, like, like, I don't see anything. Johnny Manziel has not done anything. This man has not driven drunk. He hasn't tested positive for any PEDs, no marijuana. No, like, come on, what is he doing? He's just living life. He's a young kid with a lot of money, and he happens to play quarterback. It's not his fault that he's more famous than everybody on his squad. That's not his fault. You see what I'm saying? He's living his life. He's not doing nothing wrong. Hop off the man's nutsack, please. <laughs> what about you, B? Should Money Manziel tone it down a little bit? Uh, no. I mean, I, yeah, I really think they kind of going overboard. Just like that one time when he was, I think it was Memorial Day weekend when he was like in Vegas with some guys. And mm-hmm. They just they just right. made it a big a, a big huge issue. I mean, let me throw this out here. I know, I know, this is a different era, different time. But what about my man? What's the dude with that quarterback? Is Jet, Joe, uh, Joe Namath? Name Joe Namath. Joe Namath. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, man, that dude used to party and bang chicks all the time. Yeah. Now, granted. Oh yeah. Yeah, we didn't. Have, it wasn't social network or nothing like that back then. But I mean, I, I know the difference between that is because okay, Joe Namath won a Super Bowl. You know, Johnny Manziel has yet to, ha- to, to snap a football in the NFL. So. I can see right. where they might be going with this. Like, okay, if, if, if we already know Cleveland sucks, so I, I'm already expecting him to have a, a, a three or four a four win season. So, of course, if he'll go out there and start losing games, then you know they're gonna say, well, he shouldn't be out there partying so much. He shouldn't be doing this, doing that so much. And guess what? It's the off season. He's just relaxing. It'd be different if he's like partying hard or doing all this stuff in the midst of the football season where you should be focusing on football. This is the freaking off season. Like he's relaxing. Exactly. It's, it's the summertime. He's, he's enjoying himself. There's nothing wrong with that. If it's the off season, now when training camp starts and when the football season starts, and you still seeing him out there partying, 
you know, the night after they got blown out by three touchdowns or something like that, then you can probably, we might have something here. But as of now, I think the media is really, really just blowing it way out of proportion. Let the man just enjoy himself and enjoy his celebrity status. You know, he got he got Mayweather as his friends and Justin Bieber and all them and Tyrese. Let them go out there and enjoy it. I mean, it's not a big deal. Let them, when the football season starts, then he started doing that crap. Let him focus on football. But as of now, he's just enjoying the offseason. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Kim? Johnny Manziel needs to sit his ass down. That's <laughs> what I like his grandpa. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and, and I don't have a lot of time to go into it, but he needs to sit his ass down and get ready for football season. Um, That's why they got training right, camp for. You're right, people. He can't help that he's more famous than the rest of them. But I think that at some point, because he's still receiving all this attention as a rookie who hasn't played one snap, those professional grown-ass men could look at him and and not want to follow him, no matter how petty juvenile or childish you may think it may be. But that's just the way it is. Here's this guy coming in with seemingly everything handed to him, and now he thinks he's just going to walk in here and, and just, just carry the team. He needs to sit down, man. He has a lot of respect to earn from that locker room, and this is drawing the wrong type of attention towards Johnny Manziel and the Cleveland uh, organization. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it right there. We're running out of time. I disagree, Ken. I, I, I think um, I think they should let him live, man. I mean, first and foremost, this is what you, you knew that you were getting when you drafted him. And if Manziel was doing something wrong, then I, I say you pull him aside and you talk to him or whatever like that. But you got to keep in mind that if, if, if we're in, if, if the four of us, if we're in Stats downtown, Stats is a, a, a sports bar downtown, if Johnny Manziel comes in, if he walks in, cell phones are going to come out. People are going to start take, pulling their cell phones out. Some people may start recording. Some people, people are definitely going to be taking pictures. He could just be in there just having a beer or just going in there to have a drink. And, I mean, this is, where, this is what happens wherever he goes. And I'm not saying that. You know, now if he's standing up on top of the tables and you know doing the split or something like that, that's different. You know, I, I, I mean, I mean, if he's doing the nene on top of the pool table, that's different. But if he's just in a spot, just having a good time, let the kid live, man. He's not missing practice. He's not, you know, shirking his responsibilities to the right. organization. And it's, right. it's, it's the it's weekend. It's the weekend, man. You know, Manziel does the same thing we do. We work a nine to five. You know what? When five o'clock hits or four o'clock or whatever time you leave, you get off work on Friday, that's it. You don't owe your job. Nothing else. And you don't have to do anything work related until Monday morning. And you know what you do on your time is your time. You know, how would you like it, kid, if somebody if, if, if your job said, Well, you know what? We don't let you do that dead end hip hop shit. You gotta cut that out. <laughs> you ain't gonna like that. That's something you were doing before you pray. That you probably start doing before you start working your job. So you know. Shit, I don't like the motherfuckers telling me I gotta do their shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you know that's my plan. That might be a little bit extreme, but my point is, is that um, it, it just it just can't be like that, man. They they gotta give the kid a break. Let him live a little bit, man. Let him live a little. Let bit. him live. Let him let him, let him live, Ken. Let him live. And I, I'm, I'm telling y'all right now, 
Like I said, it's, it's, Ken, it's, it's only it's only an issue if this is during football season, and, you know, and everything. He's still doing exactly. this stuff. It's, it's, that, that can be an issue because he needs to focus on football and and week to week and his opponents for every Sunday. But this is the off season, exactly. man. It's, it's 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 nothing. It's nothing. They haven't even started training exactly. yet. We we get notification. We got about sixty seconds left. Now, first and foremost, gotta thank everybody for tuning in, man. Thank everybody, man. Make make sure that you continue to to check out our show. If you missed any parts of the show, check it out uh, on iTunes now. We're now on iTunes. You can check it out. Check us also on blogtalkradio.com backslash deadendsports. Uh, shout out to Q. Shout out to James calling in from Australia. Shout out to Austin that called in as well. Um, programmer note, NBA fans, if you got some time tomorrow night, 9 to 11 p.m. on my show, the 12 radio show, do a big three, Bird, Magic, and Jordan, two hours. 80s and 90s Uh-oh. basketball talk about Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, and Magic Johnson. You don't want to miss it. So if you get a chance, check that out as well. Uh, so I, need to, call in. I need to call in on that one. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely need to. Uh, and I'll, I'll shoot you a tweet. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight. For Ken, for B, for C, for Army Host 12, Kyle. We'll you next week. Peace. Mm-hmm.